0: The Employment hour right here, talk radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Leor is off today, but the contact remains the same Leor at employmenthour.com and 1 855 821 5900. Uh, filling in today, got Leah Moody and David Vaughn. You guys are both attorneys with uh Leor's firm, so we're in good hands in his stead. How are you guys doing today?
1: We're well, thanks, Ron. Dave, how are you
0: thanks doing, well. pal?
2: Happy to be
1: here.
0: Good and uh what we're going to do is we're going to get to uh, what we always do with Lior normally. He's on vacation, by the way. The guy, I, I don't know, that's a, that's a story for next week, or at least tonight, anyway. But uh, week that was is where we start, and these are uh, real cases that have come by uh, your desks and you've dealt with, and tell us a little bit about them. Leah, you want to go first? Yeah, that's cool. exactly
1: it, John. It's an opportunity to chat about something that came across our desk the past week or was recently resolved for one of our clients. And I have one such matter that, uh, that we were able to settle well for our client this week, uh, arising from an employee that was placed on a temporary layoff. Uh, she contacted me a couple months ago when she was initially temporarily laid off, wanting to know what her rights were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, first and foremost, if she had any rights to begin with. I find I get a lot of questions like this, actually, um, stemming primarily from the fact that people think that they can be placed on a temporary layoff. They think that it's seasonal, or business is slow, or they know that there's financial trouble, and that uh, if the employer wants to put them off for 13 weeks or 35 weeks, they they certainly can do so. Uh, But that's not always the case, as you know, John, and so I was glad that she called. I told her, as I told most people in this scenario, that she's actually been terminated. That temporary layoff is actually a termination. So the first thing I did was I reached out to her employer uh, saying, you know, you've terminated her at law and she's entitled to severance. Employer starts backtracking, uh, of course, and immediately offers reemployment. And in this case, my client actually wanted to go back. She'd been there for 21 years, uh, which was the entirety of her adult working life. Wasn't super thrilled about the idea of jumping back into the job market. Um, So I let the employer know that she was willing to come back but asked the company rightly to A, pay her for the time that she'd been off, the time that she'd been temporarily laid off to the time that she'd be going back. Uh, And in order to protect her rights, I wanted to confirm that her coming back to work didn't mean that she was condoning any further layoffs. Employer says, no way. We're not paying and we've got the right to lay her off again if we want to. So under those circumstances, I told my client that if she went back, she wasn't just giving up the pay that she was entitled Mm -hmm. to, but she was also exposing herself to potentially a never-ending cycle of layoffs for the rest of her career, uh, which she then, of course, wouldn't have any legal recourse to. So my client didn't go back, uh, and the matter was resolved this week, very favorably for my client. The majority of her legal fees were covered. uh, And... Yeah, I mean, it resolved well for my client, but this is also one of those circumstances where I have to ask myself why the company didn't just limit its own exposure by paying her out for the minimal time that she was off, which was extremely nominal in comparison to what we mm-hmm. ended up settling for. And they would have gained a loyal employee back at the same time. Um, but anyway, the the takeaway, as you know, John, is that temporary layoffs in most cases are terminations. So if your company is telling you we're not going to pay you, you're going to go off for 13 weeks or 35 weeks, and then we may or may not recall you, that's a termination at law, and you should absolutely give us a call to, to get you the severance you're entitled to. And the
0: reason you mentioned and, the, and perhaps the company said, no, we want that right, is because once they do it once or twice, they've set precedent. Now you can't go back and say, I don't accept Exa- this because you've done it.
1: You're essentially agreeing to it as a term and condition of your employment yeah, in the no future, good. and that sets you up for all sorts of trouble.
0: It's uh, the number, one 855 Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Lior's off this week. i would Leah and David filling in from the firm. David, what happened uh, this week for you?
2: So I had a uh, number of employees, actually, from the same company contact mm-hmm. me, and uh, their employer um, was trying to introduce uh, a new written employment contract that was going to have some uh, language about termination, basically limiting their termination entitlements. These employees have been employed for 10 to 12 years in most cases, so pretty significant uh, termination entitlements. Um, The new agreement, the employer had tried to have them sign it. They came to us before doing so uh, and asked whether they had to sign it or not.
0: The employees did. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh We told them they had no obligation to sign that um, because it would obviously uh, limit their termination entitlements. At that point, once the employees communicated that to the employer, um, the employer told them, well, if you don't sign it, you're going to be, uh, it's a resignation,
0: basically. <laughs> nice try.
2: So uh, yeah, yeah. as you know, absolutely not true. Um, the employer cannot um, you know, say it's a resignation. Uh, they, the employees had no obligation to sign the employment agreement or agree to this, uh, to this change their, uh, to their terms of employment. Um, so uh, employer went ahead, said they resigned. It's not a resignation. You know what it is?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a termination. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, <laughs> big time. Um, so these these employees are owed severance pay, and the employer owes them severance pay. And uh, what became a uh, could have been dealt with a lot more effectively by the employer became very expensive. or was going to become very expensive for, sure. for them. Um, I think the lesson for employees is before you sign anything, whether it's during or before the employment relationship, talk to uh, talk to a lawyer.
0: Well, I think both you guys can comment on this one, I and mean, we've talked about it on the show before that when when a, a new employment contract is introduced midstream during your employment. It's not for your benefit. Yeah, right? exactly. That's probably not why they're doing it to make things better for you. It's, it's to cover their own rent. And secondly, uh, they can't do it. And, and if you accept it, don't they have to offer you something in return? they gotta, they got to throw you a bone if you're going to say yes, correct?
2: Exactly, yeah. So if you're an employer and you do want to introduce terms like that, a new contract, you have to give the employee something, some type of consideration, whether it's a signing bonus, right. uh, something to that effect. So uh, the other way to do it would be to give notice of that change. So oh, okay. within twelve months we'll be introducing new changes.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. And yep. then they can do it that way exactly, as well. Yes. Okay, but before you sign anything, call somebody, call exactly. you guys to make sure, right? Yep. We'll take a quick break. Lots to cover on this uh this show. In the meantime, the email is simple, Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com and the number as always one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It's the employment hour right here. Talk radio AM six forty. And AM 900 CHML. Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM 640 AM 900 CHML. The number to get a hold of Lior anytime at the firm, one 821 5900 And the email, which we'll get to a few of those uh, during the show as well, Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. Lior is off this week filling in Liam Moody and David Vaughn from the firm. You guys will be covering things uh, for Lior today as we discuss and get into a few topics for the remainder of the hour. Dave, we're going to get you up first, talk a little bit about termination and severance. I'm just going to throw a bunch of questions questions at you, and you can answer them, um, you know, like Lior does every week and give the information that Perfect. people are uh, dying to know. And so, for instance, um, I'll give you this one. Why can't the Labor Board help an employee that's lost their job? We love them, right?
2: Yeah, and we see this uh, this issue come up a lot of the time. Uh, I'll speak to an employee who's just been dismissed, and they'll say, you know, uh, I'm seeking advice from you guys, and I've also contacted the Labor Board and put in a complaint. Ooh. Don't do that. No. Um <laughs> First of all, the labor board can only enforce the minimum entitlements with the Employment Standards Act, which is usually a week or two uh, per year of service. Um, the, the labor board cannot get you your full termination pay and severance pay under the common law. So you could be you know, foregoing huge amounts of money in terms of severance pay if you go through the labor board. Because once you go through the labor board and bring a complaint, you can't then also um, pursue severance pay through, uh, through the court system.
0: That is a massive thing to know. So it's one thing to call them and get the information, but once you launch a complaint, you can't go back. You're done.
2: Exactly. I, I believe you have about two weeks to withdraw it. The complaint. Oh. So, if you did make a complaint, withdraw it as quickly as possible. Seek legal advice because it
0: could be tens of thousands of dollars, right? That you're giving up in severance. Exactly. So, yeah. I guess that's where the uh, thing comes in. You know, and we talked about this on the show before with Lior that if you were to walk out the street here now, uh, walk up to ten people and say, "So, if you lost your job today, how much severance do you get?" I bet you nine out of ten or ten out of ten people would say, "Oh, I get a week per year. Two weeks per year is what you get." And they and they and they are steadfast in that belief. They Absolutely. think that's what it is, right?
2: I'll speak to people quite often, and uh, I explain to them the common law concept of uh, termination pay and severance pay, and they say, "Well, I already looked. I already spoke with the Ministry of Labor, and they told me that's not that's not true. I get a week or two weeks per year service, or you know, I I googled it and I saw what you know what my entitlements are under the Employment Standards Act. So um, I I don't see where you're getting this information from.
0: And that's the worst thing. I mean, what the what the labor board should just do is simply say, "You might have other entitlements that we can advise you on. That's what they should be saying, but they don't. They say, "No, it's wrong. Exactly. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Wouldn't so that be nice? It would be <laughs> nice. It'd be great, right? I know Leorde for years been trying to get them to say that, which kind of brings up the severance pay calculator. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com, and we've been through this exercise live on air before. Where you simply input your age, uh, length of employment, your occupation, it tells you how much severance in the real world real world you should be getting under the common law, as you said, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And it could be such a wide wide chasm of so much more money. It, it is it is right. It is correct. The numbers are correct. It so could be people huge know, huge right? difference. So how often uh, do you come across inadequate severance offers? I guess a smaller number would be, would be adequate severance offers, right? It's quite rare.
2: Um, I would say five percent of the time at most, it's a reasonable offer, and that's being generous. Um, I don't. I, I believe that's probably because you know most uh, these businesses they want to make money, that's their goal. So uh, you know they're not going to provide people with a uh, with their fair entitlement. They're going to try to get get away with providing them with the minimum amount they have to, um, and they probably. Uh, Count on the fact that a lot of people aren't going to pursue it. They're, they're not going to challenge their employer. Um, they're, they're intimidated by the process and they don't know the process. And uh, and they rely, and the companies rely on that.
0: Well, I think there's two things you could probably speak to. Number one is a yeah they're playing the odds. They're hoping that if they fire 50 people, 48 won't challenge it because they just think again a week or two weeks per year and they're going to walk away with what they have, thinking they got you know a half decent deal. And the other part is ignorance. They might not know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And right? you know if they call the ministry or they Google the uh, the Employment Standards Act on the ministry's uh, website. You know, they probably think it is a fair deal because if the company gives a bit more than what the ministry says, they all of a sudden think they're getting a deal. It's
0: and it's not, not always the big companies, is it, right? Not always the small mom-and-pop shops. You'd think that these big companies would automatically know the correct severance and dish it out, but they don't.
2: Exactly. Right? Or, they, or they know and they, uh, they're trying to get away with
0: it. Right. Uh, the number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It's Leor at employmenthour.com. Lior off this week. got Leah Moody here and David Vaughn as well from the firm filling in, answering all the questions in your emails uh, as we'll get to a few of those during the show. Uh, Tell me this one, Dave. So how can an employee minimize the cost of severance that it has to pay uh, an employee?
2: That's a great question, John. Um, The first way to do it is uh, an employment agreement or an employment contract. And uh, as we've discussed uh, on the show in the past – that must be introduced either prior to the commencement of the employment relationship. So before the person starts working, the employer must give them the employment agreement and make that um, the acceptance of the job conditional upon them signing and agreeing to and returning that employment agreement. And within that employment agreement, you can have a clause that basically limits the, uh, the employee's entitlements to the Employment Standards Act minimums or sets out a different amount, um, a specific number, um, you could say it's three weeks per year of service. So it's a bit more generous than the Employment Standards Act minimums, um, but you'll have certainty there in terms of when you're gonna terminate someone's employment, you'll know exactly how much they're gonna get.
0: So you can you can offer them a week or two weeks, but it's gotta be written in the employment contract, otherwise it's full entitlements at the end. At the exactly, other end, right? yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, if you wanna introduce, uh, introduce an employment agreement with a termination clause during the employment relationship, you need to introduce some type or give them some type of uh, consideration. So How about working notice? That's another um, great way of minimizing the amount you'll actually have to pay out of pocket. Um, you can give, uh, you can tell an employee, let's say you know, you uh, visit the severance pay calculator and you realize the employee is probably entitled to 12 months of severance pay. Sure. You could give that employee six months of working notice. So they have to just work for the six months mm-hmm. and then an additional payment of six months. Um, Six months on top of that uh, as a severance payment. And that's way you can get some value for your severance pay that
0: way. Do you find a lot of employers do that or they just want to you know, do it quick and dirty and get rid of the employer? Because, I mean, you, you also face – if you have an employee that knows that in six months they're going to be out of a gig, chances are you might be you know, getting a bad employee for the rest of the six you months. May. You could, right?
2: Yeah, you could. And a lot of the time there's a reason they're terminating the employee. They may not right. want them around,
0: right? Right. So why so. keep like them for another six months yeah. or whatever you say? Exactly. Right?
2: But that's a business yeah. decision. So.
0: We'll take a, a quick break. We have emails. We'll get to those and more with uh, David Vaughn and Leah Moody here filling in for Leor. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred And it's Leor at employmenthour.com. And as always, check out com as well. Lots more of the uh, Expert Hour, Expert Hour, What the hell was that? Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up on AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML, the number 1-855-821-5900 anytime, and Lior at EmploymentHour.com. Some emails coming up here in just a bit. Uh, filling in for Lior, he's off this week. It's Liam Moody and David Vaughn from The Firm. Guys, thanks for uh, joining us once again for the show. We're uh, just going through a bunch of employment basic questions and stuff that people might not know. Dave, you're filling in uh, this particular session section, and we'll get to Leah a little later on as well. Uh, another question, what happens um, with employment insurance if you receive severance?
2: So whenever I speak to an employee who's just been dismissed, it seems like they have two things in mind that they're interested in. They want to know how much more severance pay they can get right. and when they can start getting their employment insurance. <laughs> right. You can't get both at the same time. Okay. Um, so if an employee is given six months of severance pay and termination pay, um, employment insurance will kick in after that period of time. Um, with that said, an employee should, uh, contact Service Canada or the, uh, Human Resource Development Canada as soon as possible um, just to get that process started um, and make sure there's no delays there so they can um, qualify for employment insurance and get that in their pocket as soon as the severance pay runs out.
0: We're going through some broad strokes of termination and severance here on the show today. got Leah Moody and David Vaughn filling in for Lior. Is it likely to be able to, if you've been terminated, to successfully negotiate severance with, say, uh, a large employee like an automaker, a bank, something of that size?
2: It's actually, uh, it's funny. Whenever I speak with an employee who's been let go from a big company, one of the first things they want to tell me is how big the company is, how much money they have, uh, how many lawyers they have, how much they'll fight this.
0: Well, they're scared, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they're they're scared, they're intimidated, and uh, they, they don't want to take on this huge company uh, that has obviously endless pockets. Um, with that said, I actually find, and I think Leah would agree with me, that it's, I find it easier to negotiate against a bigger company. The bigger the company, the more knowledge they'll have in terms of the actual employment law and the actual amounts the person is entitled to. Um, so uh, I think it's a it's a blessing when uh, when a company ha- when it's a bigger company.
0: Do you find maybe that's because these companies have uh, an actual HR department and they're and they're used to do, dealing with this type of thing?
2: Exactly. This isn't a new process for them. This isn't the first or second time they've fired someone. Uh, they do this all the time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they have uh, you know knowledgeable HR professionals. They have lawyers on staff. They know the law. Uh, They're also probably... It's not going to get personal as easily. Sometimes with smaller companies, it can get personal. You you try to uh, negotiate a bit more, you know, a fair severance package. And if it's, uh, you know, a family-owned business, they get it's their money. They get their backs up against the wall. So uh, the bigger the company, I find that's less of an issue.
0: Talk a little bit about that. Say, you know, you're working for, you know, Bill's Diner, and there's three people, including the owners that run the place. You get let go. You've been there for 23 years. You're in there for, you know, whatever, 12-month severance. And, you know, you contact... This business owner, and you know, they think oh, a week per year, two weeks per year, they've given them a few weeks severance, and you say, Guess what, guy, you got a year severance coming their way. How much of a fight do you have? Because they don't have an HR department, and they might not be doing it out of malice, but it might just be ignorance, right?
2: Exactly. A lot of times it's ignorance, and again, it's their money. It's it's that person's, it's coming out of their bank account. And in most cases, if it's not as big of a company, uh, they might, they, they're not going to have as much uh, money to give, right? So they're not going to have, uh, have that money um, earmarked for that. Uh, for so what do you do? Pay. I mean, the process is the same. It can just be a bit bit uh, more difficult of a fight uh, to convince them that uh, that, it, that they should be paying a fair severance package. What do you think,
1: Leah? When I'm in a situation like that, I, I generally tell them, you know, don't take my word for it. I obviously have an interest, and that's for the employee mm-hmm. that you just terminated. Um, but seek your own counsel. Get your own free consultation. Call another firm, and they will tell you the same thing that I'm telling you. And then that way, it minimizes their ultimate legal exposure down the line. We don't have to sue. They don't have to respond. Um, and and generally speaking if they seek good advice they come around
0: so they just say go out and find out for yourself and you'll find out that I'm right exactly or use the severance pay calculator right yes. it's always a good step uh, the number is 1-855-821-5900, Lior at employmenthour.com just covering some broad strokes of termination and severance so what if an employee uh, that is let go becomes sick or injured and can't can't look for a job I mean does that impact severance as well
2: yeah, it does. One of the uh, one of the factors uh, that we consider when determining the appropriate severance package is the availability of similar work. So you look at age, years of service, and position, but also the the, the amount of jobs out there for that person. That individual is not going to be able to apply for jobs. If they're sick, there's, there's not going to be a lot of available jobs. Or if they have medical restrictions, um, you know, if they can't lift certain weights, they can't perform certain jobs. So that is absolutely going to impact uh, the, the reasonable notice period, and it will impact mitigation. They're not going to have as, um, as much to do in terms of showing the amount of work they've looked for because they may not have to look for work because of a doctor's note.
0: Right. Let's talk a little bit about that and expand. I guess this would be part of one of the factors of the severance pay calculator. And you know, you mentioned someone who's sick or someone who's disabled. How about someone who's two people, a man or woman, doesn't matter. Similar job. Uh, One's thirty-five, one's sixty-five. Both have twenty years service. They've both been let go. Who's going to get more? Sixty-five-year-old. Why is that?
2: Uh, There's a view out there that it's going to take older individuals longer um, to find another job.
0: They're less hireable.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Employers may not be as willing to hire them. Um, which would be a human rights violation. So no one's going to ever state that, that that's their policy. But I think that's probably a reality out there. And uh, there's probably a view out there that um, older employees, employees in their late fifties, early sixties, are ready for retirement. Um, so they may not. People may not be as willing to hire them. What do you think, Leah? Same thing.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, John. The unfortunate reality is that you have people, you have employers out there who, even though it's illegal to discriminate. On the basis of age, are not going to hire somebody because they're older because of unfortunate perceptions out there, and so people who are uh, in their fifties and sixties are generally entitled to a longer working notice period.
0: It's it's funny because we had we had an email exactly about this last week, and a guy said, "I'm looking to. I was uh, you know I was a a sole proprietorship. He goes, I'm looking to hire people, but he goes because of that reason. I've heard the show so much, and I understand that severance for older people, yada yada, it's a greater amount." I don't want to hire anybody who's over fifty. So, and it's discrimination. So, how does someone like that go about doing it?
2: You know what he does, John? Employment agreement. Okay. If you have an employment agreement with a specific uh, amount of severance pay the person's owed, um, or if you limit it to the, limit it to the Employment Standards Act, uh, age has no bearing. Ah,
0: good call. So you take that All right you out of do. the equation,
2: and you avoid a uh, human rights. Uh, potential human rights violation.
0: The next question I got for you guys, if a person's compensation changes from year to year, like a perfect example would be a sales career, how do you calculate severance for that?
2: Yeah, this is a huge issue that we see because the employer is, in most cases, going to try to uh, tell the employee when letting them go that they're only going to use their base salary. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And that becomes a huge issue, like you've identified with sales professionals who uh, are usually paid primarily or at least significantly based on commission and bonus. Um, so the employer is going to give them a termination letter, and it may actually look like a, a, a fair severance package, you know, a, a twelve year a twelve month severance package right. for a ten year employee. And you look at it, and you say, oh, that's reasonable. Then you look at you do the calculations, and they're basing it off the thirty five thousand dollar base salary, whereas the commissions are, are you know make that compensation double. Right. Um, so uh, the law is quite clear that you need to consider the full um, compensation structure when determining the uh, the notice period, uh, the severance package, and uh, there's actually been some recent cases that have come out in the last month or two that have really uh, solidified that.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about that from the uh, sales standpoint if you're getting severance. First, guys, we'll take a, a quick break. I'm Leah Moody here and David Vaughn filling in for Lior on the show this week. The number one 821 5900 And it is always Lior at EmploymentHour.com. The Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number every time, one 821 5900 and Leor at employmenthour.com. We're going through some basics of termination severance, but David, you left off uh, at the end of uh, the last segment talking about sales and uh, you have to factor in the commissions, whether they be up or down throughout the career of a salesperson. That has to be part of the compensation as well. I guess both of you can comment. Uh, what else, I guess, in that type of career would have to be included in severance? For instance, um, car allowance, would that be in there or other ones?
2: In most cases, the car allowance would, yes. Um, some employers will distinguish between the, uh, the taxable or the personal right. uh, car, car allowance uh, aspect of it and the business-related uh, one.
1: I think the important thing to keep in mind is that you're entitled to be made whole. So anything that you were receiving over the course of your employment, you are entitled to receive that over this, the notice period. Uh, as if you would be working it. So that's benefits, that could be bonus, that's commission payments, that could be car allowance, phone allowance, all sorts of things, pension contributions. It's everything that you receive while you're employed, you're entitled to receive over severance.
0: You know, if you're uh, catching this show now and you've either been let go before you've got a severance offer in front of you, somewhere on there it's probably got something to the tune of, you know, have this back to us Friday at 5 o'clock because that is your deadline for which to accept this severance offer.
2: The arbitrary deadline. Yeah, right. And it's it's one of the biggest concerns that employees have when contacting you about a severance package. Uh, it's one of the first things they'll tell you is, um, you know, what we uh, we need to respond with to this within you know forty eight hours. No, oh, I'm going to lose
0: it. I'm going to I got to
2: get back exactly. And um, I mean the first uh, the first question is, is an adequate severance package. Is it if it is fair and the employee does want to accept it? Absolutely. Send it in before uh, you know get get it reviewed, um, get legal advice, and if you want to accept it accept it, um, you know, send it in within the deadline. Um, but if it's not adequate, which, you know, 95% of the time it's not, right. um, the deadline is irrelevant because um, we're going to want to do a response and, and uh, a counter offer basically uh, to the severance offer. So uh, in that case, uh, you know, you do not need to worry about the deadline.
0: What do you think, Leah?
1: It drives me crazy because it's just, it's unnecessarily intimidating. And I understand why employers have it. They want to, you know, they want to wrap up their own files. They want to close their books. I get why employers do it. But at the end of the day, people panic. People panic when they think they only have, excuse me, two days to review a severance package. They just want to sign off on it and be done. Um, But oftentimes what is important to understand is that at the moment that you're terminated, your entitlements are what they are. No deadline, no passing of the deadline is going to change that. How much time do you really have? Well, I mean, I usually tell people that if you need an extra week, ask for an extra week. Right. Just write the company and say, "I need to seek legal advice. I need to have this reviewed. Uh, I'd like an additional week." And that's generally enough to, you know, visit severancepaycalculator.com, speak to a lawyer, and and at least get the counteroffer out there or accept it.
0: And legally, you have two years, do you not, to 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 go after your entitlements?
1: To pursue something, yeah. But I, I mean, it
0: take two years. But
1: in terms of a negotiation, I mean, you know, the more money in your pocket and the sooner the better, right? You you you've just been <clears throat> terminated. You've lost your stream of income. Um, you want to resolve it as quickly as I'm sure the employer does, but you at least, I would say, have a week or two.
0: That's point A to that one. Now, David, point B would to be, and I'm sure you get this, this would be the next question that people ask you when you tell them that is, oh, but if, if you know, if I go back and I say I want more, if I say, you know, I'm, I, I need more time, they're going to reduce my offer. I'm not going to get as never much. Never seen
1: it. Right. Never I've seen never it. Never heard of that
0: happening. Why? <laughs>
1: Because exactly what we just said, they are already entitled to what they're going to be entitled to at the moment that they're terminated. If they take the – and by they, I mean the company. If they want to take the offer off the table, they're basically begging to be sued, and most companies (laughs) don't want to do that.
0: Any other uh, earmarks or any other things uh, employees should be uh, made aware of when going back and going to get a better severance offer?
2: It's interesting when we – a lot of the time when we speak with people, um, it's, it's a week deadline, right? They're given one week. Yep. I see that. Um, and let's say the termination happens on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And they don't really, just because of the shock of the, the loss of employment, um, they don't really get around to even thinking about it until the next week. And then all of a sudden, you're right up against the deadline. Um, and the employee thinks, I just need to accept this because, you know, if I don't, I'm going to lose it. Um, it's a, the biggest mistake you can make because you need to get that uh, severance package reviewed by a lawyer. And, and in a huge majority of the cases, you're going to want to uh, negotiate a better severance package.
0: One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 5900 Lee or at employmenthour.com. It's funny you said that, David. Maybe, uh, Lee, you can comment on this. So what what do you advise people to do that, you know, say, tomorrow? After the show, they walk in and they you know, they got brought into HR and they've, they've got this severance package. They just found out they've been let go. The initial shock hits them like a bucket of water. What do you suggest they do?
1: Well, I, unfortunately, I think the first thing that people want to do is they just want to be done with it. It's, it's It can be humiliating. It's the first time it's happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so they just sign. They just sign on the dotted line and walk away. And obviously the first thing that I would caution is to not sign anything. Just breathe, man. Yeah, breathe. just breathe. <laughs> right? Go go to your happy place, get Zen, and and right. turn around and walk away. You know, if if you don't want to call a lawyer, I understand calling a lawyer can be intimidating sometimes. Hop on severancepaidcalculator.com, get an idea of what you're entitled to. It's super easy. Um, and then, you know, once you've realize, as unfortunately the vast majority of people do, that what you've been offered is insufficient, give us a call. Give us a call, set up a free consultation. Talk to us about your package, um, and and we can take it from there.
0: Just take a step back. Don't panic, and just take yourself some time to think. Right, because automatically you're in shock as soon as it happens. Yeah,
2: yeah. Don't, yeah, don't do anything or say anything that you'd regret.
0: Right. Either. Don't um, sign anything. Yeah, especially, exactly. Right. Let's get to an email before we uh, wrap up this segment. I think Leah, this one's for you. Matthew writes in says I showed up to work on Friday. I was called into a meeting and was handed a termination letter. There you go. No reason was given for letting me go. And when I asked, uh, nothing was said. I've been with the company for four years and never had any problems. Can they even do this?
1: So the short answer is yes. Yes. Yes, they yeah. certainly can. Uh, an employer, unfortunately, doesn't need a reason to terminate you on a without cause basis. They can terminate you because they don't like your sweater, you're yeah. not driving the right car, whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, we talked they, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they can terminate you on a without cause basis. What's important is that none of the reasons that you're being terminated are discriminatory and that they provide you with the right, with the right severance package. So if, you know, Matthew, you've been there for, you know, however long you've been there, you want to hop on severancepaycalculator.com, give us a call, make sure that you're getting the severance package that you're entitled to.
0: What do you tell uh, what do you tell people, David?
2: Yeah, exactly what uh, exactly what Leah said. Um, you know, a lot of the time people are uh, they're really focused on the reasons for termination. Yeah, how um, dare they do that to me? Exactly. they can't do that. And so you do spend a lot of time speaking with them about that and and, and understanding their perspective. And there's a lot of uh, of views of injustice and unfairness to it. Unfortunately, all we can help with them with is getting a fair severance package, and that's right. what we'll
1: do. What I tell people all the time is that employers can promote the worst employees. And fire the best. And as much as that might be a terribly poor business decision, and that company's probably not going to be around in a couple of years, they can do that. that From is a legal, legal standpoint, they can do it. Yeah. Right? They sure can. The
0: important thing is taking care of yourself on the back end, right? Exactly. And that's where you yep. guys come in. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we'll take a quick break. The number, 1 821 5900. The email, leor at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a few more of those. And as Lee has mentioned several times, check out severancepaycalculator.com. This is the Employment Hour and Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number one 821 5900 and leor at employmenthour.com through some emails, severancepaycalculator.com, a very handy tool. While you're uh, listening to the show right now, check it out. Go online. It takes about 30 seconds to input all your information and you'll get the real number of what your severance forbid, uh, would be if and when. Well, if it doesn't, but if it ever comes down the pike that you uh, get let go, that's the number you're going to be, uh, be looking at. Let's talk about employee discipline. Put nice. the hammer down. Lee, you're just chomping at the bit to get at this, so we'll let you have first crack. David, feel free to... Uh, interject as you see fit. uh, When is it appropriate for an employer to discipline an employee?
1: So, I mean, essentially, generally, whenever you have an employee who's behaving badly, uh, contrary to policy, when there are performance concerns, um, you want to get that discipline process started. Um, I find that I have a lot of employer clients who go too far on either end of the spectrum. They're either uh, disciplining for really trivial events uh, that don't merit the discipline. Example. Dress code. Right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Dress code. You're getting a lot of uh, written, really stern written disciplinary letters for dress code, and and in some cases that may actually be warranted. But in this particular case, it was not a- at all. Um, and and you know I think we'll touch on this a little bit later. But in some cases, that kind of unjustified um, uh, discipline can amount to harassment in the workplace. Um, wow. So you want to be careful. But then I have employers on the other side of the spectrum who wait until, you know, their employees committing fraud and they have hard evidence of it to discipline because they think that discipline is a punitive measure only. And what I try to always get across to my employer clients is that they're not necessarily punitive. You don't have to wait until someone's taking money from the till or driving your business into the ground uh, with poor performance um, Employee discipline really should be viewed as an opportunity to both identify and improve the things that you need in your workplace as an employer to have things running smoothly uh, and to start the process towards eventual improvement.
0: You found similar things uh, with your clients, David?
2: A recent uh, employee I spoke with had a uh, huge disciplinary record against him, but it was all performance-based issues. Okay. And the, the discipline, you see the file and you think, oh, this guy must have been doing something wrong. It was weekly disciplinary measures for not meeting sales targets. The problem there is how is he supposed to improve his sales targets within a week?
0: So it's not merited at all.
2: Exactly. So right away, right when you see it, you think, oh, this is going to be a serious problem for him. But then once you go to looking through them, it's basically just printed. It's the same discipline, the same uh, warning over and over again. Increase your sales targets by selling more.
0: Was he eventually let go or didn't get that He was, Yes. Did you get him back? Did he get severance? He did get severance, yes. See, there you go.
2: Exactly, yes. So um, that's one of the issues you see sometimes is that employers are a little trigger happy. And essentially they use it just to try to build a case um, to to fire someone. And uh, really the purpose of discipline, I mean, that's an important part of it. But Mm -hmm. the purpose should be to identify what the employee is doing wrong and tell them how to improve and tell them what is going to happen if they don't improve. But they need to be given a meaningful opportunity to improve their behavior or performance. one
0: 855 82 5900 Leora at EmploymentHour.com. We're discussing uh, employee discipline. So, Leah, why is it important to discipline a problem employee? Because they can go on forever, right?
1: Yeah, well, I think Dave just touched on it. I I think first and foremost, you want to make sure that the problem or the performance issues are dealt with and identified. Um, It may seem obvious to you as an employer, but uh, as an employee, you might not know that what you're doing is wrong. Um, So as an employer, you want to view discipline as an opportunity to bring that to the employee's attention. Um, but primarily, from my perspective, it's important to discipline because if that behavior or the performance issues continue, you, want, you may want to be able to terminate for cause eventually. And in reality, for cause terminations, um, and that's where the employer provides no notice or no severance, are very difficult to justify at law. Um, you often need a paper record of this discipline um, so that you can show that the employee knew what they were doing was wrong, that they were given the opportunity to improve, and that they were warned that a termination could be coming down the pipeline.
0: What are some of the uh, disciplinary measures? That uh, employers want to use.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I always recommend that you start out with verbal warnings, um, depending obviously on the severity of the conduct. Mm -hmm. Verbal warnings are a nice way of just kind of alerting the employee to the issue, letting them know that this is something that needs to be corrected. Uh, Next step is generally written warnings, um, form of disciplinary letter. You've got paid suspensions, unpaid suspensions. You can have disciplinary demotions. Uh, and then eventually, you, you might be looking at a cause termination.
0: From David, from the employee standpoint, every time one of these is issued against you or brought against you, what should you do as an employee? Should you counterwrite? You know, should you write an email saying, okay, I, I recognize that, but I don't agree with, or should you be doing something like that just to kind of protect your own rear end, right?
2: Absolutely, yes. Um, that's the first thing to do is, uh, I mean, first you, you'll have a chance to review the discipline right. um, and uh, see what uh, what the employer is saying. And uh, absolutely, um, if you don't agree with it or if you have a different version of events, um, provide that as a response. Now, one of the issues sometimes I find is I'll talk to an employee who's, uh, who's basically said, I didn't sign any of these disciplinary letters. I'm not signing it. Right. In most cases, what the disciplinary letter will ask the employee to to do is acknowledge receipt. So th- they don't have to acknowledge they did this. that That's something they did wrong. You're not, not saying you're guilty. You're
0: just saying that we're saying that
2: exactly. And if it's <laughs> not clear on what you're asked to sign, make that clear by attaching a covering letter. Just saying I do not. Well, I do not agree with this. I'm acknowledging receipt, and but here's what
0: actually happened, or here's my view of it. Got about a minute left before we take a break. Lee, I'll ask you this quickly. At what point can an employer finally say, that's it, enough is enough, you're out?
1: Uh, I mean, it's a fair question and, and can be a difficult one to, to answer. Um Ultimately, I think that I have to recommend that before you let anyone go for a cause, you consult a lawyer because that line or that threshold of when an employer can say, I've done all I can, time for you to go, is going to be diff- different for every scenario. It's largely sure. a moving target. Um, but generally speaking, if the conduct is serious enough, you've got you know physical violence, um, theft, fraud, sexual harassment, uh, you may be able to let the employee go after that one incident. Um, if we're talking about performance issues or absenteeism, chronic lateness, um, again, it's largely a tar- uh, moving target depending on the period of time that the mm-hmm. warnings have been issued, the yeah. seriousness of the misconduct, the impact on the business, et cetera. Um, a bit of a non-answer, I think, right? It's hard to no, really it's I No, mean,
0: like you said, it's, 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 it's not carbon copy for every employee, right? So.
1: Yeah, and I'd have to say it's your best bet as an employer is to give us a call before heading to the guillotine. Make sure, <laughs> all, it, your, right? make sure all your ducks are in a row. Yeah.
0: 1-855-821-5900 is that number anytime and Leor at com. We'll get to another email or two before we uh, wrap it up for this session of the Employment Hour. Right here, talk radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number anytime, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 5900 to get a hold of Leor and Leor at employmenthour.com. Lior's off this week filling in Leah Moody and David Vaughn from The Firm. Guys, uh, it's been a... Uh, A blast this hour doing the show with you. I'm going to wrap up with a couple emails that come across during this past hour. Uh, Dave, we'll get to you first. So, someone comes from Cheryl. Cheryl says, "Can my employer require me to accept a uh, demotion where I would be reporting to a person that previously reported to me?" Ouch. That's that's a tough one to swallow. Right.
2: um, You know, I can say quite confidently that no, uh, she's Cheryl's not required to do that. Um, This would be considered a constructive dismissal. Um, wow. And that, that occurs when the employer, although not terminating the employee um, expressly, uh, they inform the, they make a, a significant change to the terms and conditions of employment uh, of the employee. Uh, the classic examples are pay. That's uh, so the right. amount of pay, um, duties and responsibilities, and demotion. Uh, so being demoted, so being put in a lesser position where you're now reporting to someone who used to report to you, um, that is going to be a classic constructive dismissal case um, where the employee likely does not have to accept that change and will be entitled
0: to uh, termination or severance pay. Even if their pay doesn't move, it's just a demotion as far as titles concerned. Exactly, yes. Wow.
2: And um, the key here, though, is you have to act quickly, Cheryl. Yeah. Um, you can't uh, accept that, that change. You can't accept that new reporting
0: structure um, for more than a couple weeks. Yeah, don't take it out for a spin for too long or it's not going to be able to go back on it, right? Exactly.
2: Oh. So then you, you've oh. accepted it and uh, you're out of
0: luck.
1: Yeah, the only caveat that I would add, just given that we were just talking about um, discipline, employee discipline, is that demotions can be legal and not amount to a constructive dismissal if it's as a result of a disciplinary measure. Gotcha. Yeah, if there's significant performance issues um, and, and the only way to remedy that is to put somebody into a demoted position, uh, that can be a- allowed in some circumstances. A couple
0: minutes left here. Leah, you're going to get the uh, the closing email from Jordan writes in, says, I was let go after an employee said that I harassed him. This is not true and they completely didn't do an investigation. The company did nothing. I was uh, never even asked about it. The company says it has cause and that I can get no severance. I don't think that's fair. What do I do?
1: Well, Jordan, I don't think it's fair either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if your employer is going to come to you and say that, you know, this, we're letting you go for cause, which is the capital punishment of the employment relationship, right. uh, and you, and we say it's because you've been harassed, you deserve the opportunity for to sure. respond to those allegations. Um, and and if he wasn't given that opportunity and he was immediately let go for cause, Jordan, um, I think that you certainly uh, should speak to a lawyer about your uh, pursuing your severance entitlements.
0: Gun for a week, guys. Nicely done. Lior will return next week. In the meantime, i got some stuff and some information, some numbers to throw at you as we close here. First of all, severancepaycalculator.com. You've heard us refer to this several times during the show. Check it out anytime. It'll tell you exactly what your severance should be. Uh, if it comes down to the uh, the fact that you've been let go with your current employment or past employment recently for that matter, the number 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior anytime. And you want to email Lior, it's L-I-O-R, Lior at employmenthour.com. If there's any questions that didn't get answered here in the show, you didn't get a chance to ask for email, you can go to terminationquestions.com as well. This has been the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.